Welcome back to the Simplified Organization Show, where real moms chat about real life and how to manage all that there is to do and how to prioritize our people while we do it. We want to banish overwhelm, fulfill our responsibilities, and stay cheerful while we do it. I'm your host, Misty Winkler, second generation homeschool mom of five. I write and podcast at simplyconvivial.com and am author of the book, The Convivial Homeschool, Gospel Encouragement for Keeping Your Sanity While Living and Learning Alongside Your Kids. Today, I have part two of my conversation with Bethany Berendricht. Bethany is wife to Alex and mama to their five kids, ages six to 14. She works from home as the founder and creative director for Women Encouraged and hosts their podcast, occasionally helping as a substitute teacher at her kids' classical Christian school. She currently serves at her local church in women's ministry, planning and leading Bible studies, and keeping women connected in God's word through various means. Bethany is passionate about Bible literacy and enjoys writing and speaking to share hope for everyday life, but she would love nothing more than just to sit down with a cup of coffee with you and talk about how the gospel changes everything. And in a way, that's what we get to do today. So let's dig into part two of that conversation with Bethany. Well, as we, you know, topple our idols and repent mm-hmm. of elevating ourselves in our homes, mm-hmm. do you have any tips or ideas for orienting our mindset and changing our attitude as we do, you know, try to be fruitful in our homes? I, I know I said this before, but pray. I think we underestimate prayer so much. Pray, be in the word, you know, know the standard that God has actually called you to and cling to him and his perfection. I know that seems like a really kind of a distant sort of a feeling like, well, I still don't think I can just put on a list and check it off or something like that. But we underestimate the value of filling our minds and saturating ourselves with the word and not with visual images of perfection that we get to, that we end up claiming as our own ideals and setting as our standard and, and, Prayer is something I think we very frequently discount as being fruitful and necessary, but be in prayer. And when you notice, when and ask God to make you aware of your sin. And when you notice it, lay it at the cross. Don't cling to it like it's going to do you some favors. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not, it's hurting you. It's hurting your husband and children. And, and I know this, like I'm, I'm saying this as somebody who has to practice this regularly. And you no, know, you can, like, I love your your tagline is it repent rejoice repeat mm-hmm. and that and that's our life that's the christian life and it's it's not something you should sit around and feel sad about it's just that this is this is the christian life it's mm-hmm. you know asking god to open our eyes to where we're failing and repent ask him for his grace ask him to remind you of his perfection Ca- ask him to call to mind his holiness so that you're focused on that and not your own and just ask him to manifest his his goodness and his faithfulness in your home where things are not perfect 
those are all prayer requests that he delights to answer. And you can rest in that. And I think perfectionism is just not a burden that God wants you to carry around. <laughs> yeah. So he is willing to take it and and to listen. And yeah, I think when we remember that God is personal and yeah. involved in the world and our lives and responsive, mm-hmm. that sometimes I think might be the missing piece in our prayers if we yeah. don't recognize how close God is. And how available he is too. Because he's not going to say, well, I'm sorry, I don't have anything for you. Go find something somewhere <laughs> else. You know, he's not, he's never to say that, you know, he's a wealth of wisdom and generous generosity. And he's never going to ask you to go dumpster dive somewhere. He will always provide what you need. And he delights in answering prayers, especially when we're asking him to remove our idols. And that is something he's not going to, he's not going to deny you that, you know, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it might not always feel good as he answers that prayer. No, either. I know. It, it won't. <laughs> Do you mind me telling a little bit of a story? Go, go for it. <laughs> okay. I the Lord first opened my eyes to my idolatry in perfectionism when my oldest was, I think, three or four. We had some people over, and oh, I, I just I had some other moms over, and there were a bunch of kids playing downstairs. And I heard this commotion and I went to the basement and my oldest standing in the middle of the room while there's this complete mayhem around him and everyone's having a great time except him. And he's standing there and he's going, guys, guys, one thing at a time, just one thing at a time. And I realized in that moment that he was a reflection of me and my attitude about toys. And I, it was very revealing and I, very humbling. and. Since that time, God has regularly given me reminders. And one of the things that has been, it really felt like the final toppling of this idol, although of course it's going to rear its ugly head from time to time, but I had a brain injury in 2019 and I had to lay down so much of my, I had limitations that I had never had before. And it was God's goodness to me that I had these limitations and that I couldn't be a perfectionist about so many things. I had to receive from the Lord. I had to receive help from others. I wasn't running around as capable me. And I, I've had to, you know, consistently repent of where God, in those areas where God has revealed, like you're trying to rely on yourself. And yeah, it's, it's absolutely worth the pain of God toppling our idols and and hurting in those places where he's trimming away, you know, those dead things that need to be trimmed away and he's going to refine and, and he's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know in a similar kind of experience, I remembered the, the verse in the new Testament that says that God prunes, you know, he prunes us. It's like, oh, well, that would be painful now, wouldn't it? If you were the tree and you were oh, yes. away, like that, that yes. could hurt, but that makes you more fruitful. It, it is a good stewarding yeah. of a tree to prune it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's God's goodness to you. And it feels like him hurting us, or it feels like him, you know, doing damage, but those are not, yeah, we can't deceive ourselves into thinking that we don't need the pruning or that he's, you know, he could just leave well enough alone, right? <laughs> that's not, that's not how he operates, thankfully. 
Yes. Yep. Have you wrestled with this before? Or is this kind of like a, that's not my particular sin issue? Like, I know how I, there are certain things where I'm like, I haven't had to deal with that. I'm so thankful. But, you know, I don't know about how are you, have you experienced that where you've struggled with perfectionism in that sense? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I can remember, um, now I have, I'm having a time remembering at what, like, stage of life it was. I know I had a number of young kids and feeling like everything that I tried to do, whether it was cleaning house or parenting or homeschooling or, you know, stuff I was doing at church, it seemed like every single area things were, I was messing things up. Like I wasn't, Mm. I felt like I wasn't helping at all. Then you said any of the situations, I was just okay, I'm going to do this. Oh, I messed that up. I'm going to do this. I messed that up. Mm. And yeah. And I don't know, some of it probably was simply my perception because I was measuring it to a perfectionist standard where, Mm -hmm. because it wasn't what I wanted it to be, it was messing it up. Right. But I just remember taking a walk and suddenly, you know, just being convicted, like, Hey, remember that time you know, during the confession of prayer at church or you, during the prayer of confession at church, where you asked God to reveal your sin mm. and to like convict you of particular sin. Like this is, this is an answer to that prayer right here is to say, yeah. like, this is your pride. And this is what happens when you are the one who thinks that you are going to fix everything and bring the solution. And you are the one who's responsible for making everything turn out. Right. It's, it's pride. It's perfectionism. And you're not the answer. If you try to be the answer, yeah. you're only going to mess it up. Yeah. I think also part of, you know, the solution or the antidote to perfectionism is learning to be deeply okay with God's providence in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that is the work of the spirit. Like that is not something you just get to manufacture on your own. You're not going to be able to produce a heart that's good with and content with what God has ordained and and the little upsets to your schedule or your, your ideals. And that is part of um, the sanctifying work that he does. But there's also that walking in step with the spirit that we must do in obedience and And so we do need, like, that's just, again, like you were saying, you're praying that God will reveal your sin. And when he does responding in faith and say, okay, Lord, you, you're, you took that, you died for that. I'm not going to cling to that anymore and help me to be content with all the times that you completely upend my ideals and my ideas of what would be good for today or this week or you know, my year or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a heart that's content is not going to be a perfectionist because it's going to rest in God's providence and all the things that he does that shape us into the Christians he wants us to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like when we, or at least when I (laughs) pray Mm -hmm. for patience and then get the opportunity to practice patience and realize like, okay, I actually didn't want patience. I wanted a situation where I didn't need any patience. That's what I meant to pray for. (laughs) 
Lord, if you could just make me the person without shaping me into that person. Right. To have that kind of like magic wand experience where that is not how the Lord does his work though. (laughs) I don't know if it's unfortunately, I almost said unfortunately, but yeah, it's, we, we have ideas of just overnight, we're going to change into the person that we recognize as a, a good and godly person to emulate, but God is, is the one who does the transforming work. Mm-hmm. And that he doesn't just completely remove our sin without our becoming aware of it. Like he, he brings right. conviction. Yes. It, he brings knowledge of our sin so that we can repent of it. It's not just it yes. kind of magically disappears and that's how we get more holy. <laughs> Yeah. And I think an, an unfortunate or difficult thing, difficult thing about being a perfectionist is that you're very quick to recognize everyone else's sin except your own. It's like, it's very easy to notice, oh, look at them and their badness. And, <laughs> and the whole time you're just like and me and I am so good. And I am so good at noticing sin. I think we're good at it with our children. I think there's people yeah. definitely who are more passive about their children, but I think we can also get very hung up on creating perfection in the hearts of our children at home or even correcting sin in our husbands or something like that, rather than hating our own sin first. And so that's, again, an opportunity to pray that God will help you to recognize where, where, when and where you're doing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that to myself, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Well, like this you said a, before. This is a great conversation for me. <laughs> well, like you said before, our kids mirror back ours so sometimes it can even feel like or we might be noticing it in them and dealing with it in them and that can either you know we can use that God can use that in our lives to open our eyes so that we can repent or we can kind of just channel that critical spirit and correction outside of ourselves to other people and think that we're fixing Mm -hmm. the problem and allow that yeah. to let us ignore it when it's like, oh, that's your sin. Like, okay, where's the, <laughs> I'm probably yeah. doing that. Yeah. And don't ignore that, those, that little, you know, nagging thought in the back of your head while you're correcting your child, when you're like, you're also guilty of this, you know, <laughs> that little, <laughs> that little reminder and don't ignore that. Like that's the Lord. He's, Yes, of course, he wants you to correct your child. He doesn't want you to just go away and be like, I can't correct my child because I'm also guilty of the same sin. But don't ignore that. Like when when God brings it to your attention, repent, rejoice, repeat, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when we can have the opportunity to ask our children's forgiveness for things mm-hmm. and model. Absolutely model repentance in front of people and admitting to being wrong. That's actually a very formative discipleship process to model. Absolutely. And that that's very helpful for them to see that, you know, you don't have this, first of all, you don't have an expectation that they're going to reach the standard of perfection, but that you're also well, sorry, I need to rephrase that. That didn't sound right. It's, I think it's very helpful for them to see the humility of saying, I, I am in need of God's grace daily. I'm in need of forgiveness daily. That's meaningful. And it's very formative to them to see your willingness to repent to them. And even to come alongside them and say, I understand what it is to struggle with this particular sin. 
I know this deeply because this is something that I struggle with. That's not a kind of humility that's going to damage them. It's like we sometimes think that if we just kept it all together and they never thought that we ever sinned, then we could be the perfect standard for them. But you're not called to be their standard. God is their standard. And so when we can say, I'm with you in this and I'm going to disciple you through this, and I'm also not going to allow you to you know, wallow in this sin either, that God's calling us both to live rightly before him here. That's a very important parenting tool. <laughs> Repentance is that, that, that is. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much, Bethany. This has been such an encouraging conversation and we all just need those reminders over and over <laughs> too. I do too. Yes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a joy. Thank you so much. If you would like a printable motto sheet, a little reminder that you could post in your planner, on your bathroom mirror, in front of your kitchen sink to remind you to repent, rejoice, repeat, and to give you scripture to meditate on about each of those aspects of our life, then head to simplyconvivial.com RRR. That's simplyconvivial.com slash RRR to get the Repent, Rejoice, Repeat printable that will help you remember that we are being sanctified. We are not perfect or self-sufficient. We must be dependent on God in all of our work, and all of our work should be directing our hearts in prayer to Him. So. Repent, rejoice, repeat.